All right. Well, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening. Appreciate this privilege and opportunity. The Lord's allowed us to gather together in His house once again. Good to see you here. I'm glad you're here. Thank the Lord for allowing us the opportunity to come. I know there's still some out uh, with sickness and other things, and I've uh, tried to talk with each one of them this week, and most of them are on the mend, and uh, we're thankful for that. Continue to pray for some of these that are struggling with sickness and other things that the Lord would help them and touch them, and they'd be able to come back. We miss them when they're not here, and so uh, we desire to see them in the house of God again. But I'm glad you're here. And we thank the Lord for your presence in the house of God. If you have your Bibles tonight and will, turn please to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 16. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 16. I'm going to try to read a few verses here and try our best by the help of the Lord to deliver what's on our heart. Been uh, this thought's been on our heart for several subject, I guess, really, been on our heart for several days. And I was listening to, again, one day this week, maybe on Monday, uh, to Brother Steve, one of Brother Steve's messages from the meeting. And uh, some things he said stirred in my heart. The Lord began to use them. And so I want to try to uh, give you what's on my heart for the service tonight. Matthew 16, when you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 16, I begin reading in verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for this privilege, Lord, this opportunity to gather together in your house with your people. I thank you, Lord, for each one that's come this way tonight and for their presence in the house of God. Lord, I pray tonight for each one that may have burdens and troubles upon their heart. I pray, Lord, for those who are not able to be here with us tonight for sickness and other reasons, Lord, that you'd help them and touch them, Lord, where they are. Lord, I'm glad to be reminded that you are the great physician. I'm glad you made our bodies, and Lord, you're able to touch them when we're in need of a touch from you. I pray, Lord, for these that are bereaved, these that have lost loved ones, these that are facing hardships, these that are going through storms. 
I'm glad, Lord, you know all about our needs even before we ask. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister under the needs of the hearts of the people tonight. I pray, oh Lord, that the word of God would go forth in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. <coughs> Lord, that it might find its lodging place in the hearts of the hearers and that it might accomplish that purpose that you have set forth for it to do tonight. I ask, Lord, tonight for unction. Lord, from the Holy Ghost that no man's able to preach about, would you give us heavenly wisdom and spiritual understanding that we might rightly divide the word of truth and give unto your people what you put on our heart. Lord, I ask tonight that the word of God would be fresh bread that would be set before us tonight that we might eat and our souls might be nourished and strengthened for the journey that is ahead. May you help us tonight, Lord, equip us up for the warfare and the battles that we'll face in the coming days. I'm glad, Lord, tonight that we do not war alone. Lord, we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for the promise that you made us that you'd never leave us and never forsake us, but go with us all the way, even unto the end of the world. I thank you, Lord, that you placed us in the body together as the people of God. Lord, that we can bear one another's burdens and pray for one another and help one another along the way. Lord, may this service tonight be a help to someone that's here in the building tonight or someone listening by other means. May you work in them through the word of God. May you get honor and glory above everything under your high and holy name and we'll praise you and we'll thank you for all you do. For we ask it all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I'd like to preach tonight on the church. Here in the scripture that we read, this familiar account in the word of God, this familiar question of Jesus to his disciples, and he starts off questioning them about who others said that he was. Their answers were that some say you're John the Baptist. At this point, John the Baptist has been beheaded because he preached against the king taking his brother's wife. And so they're saying that John is resurrected from the dead. And that's who you are. They said some say you're Elias or Elijah that has come again from the dead. There was a great prophecy in the Old Testament that before the Messiah came, that there would be a forerunner, a forebearer, and Elijah in the New Testament. That was, we know, of course, John the Baptist. Uh, he was the Elijah of the New Testament, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. His message and mission was to prepare the way of the Lord for his coming after me. And so they're saying that Elijah has risen from the dead, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets have risen from the dead. Then Jesus asked them personally, who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Peter is the one to speak up on this occasion. Many times we're critical of Peter's answers. Many times we're critical of Peter's actions. But on this day, Peter got it right. And it wasn't really Peter that got it right. For Jesus said, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto thee. Not that he had just figured it out on his own or come to a logical conclusion. But he said it was by supernatural revelation from the Father which was in heaven that Peaver gave the answer that thou art the Christ, the Son 
of the living God. And so the Lord blesses Peter on this day. His name is Simon Bar-Jonah. That word bar in the prefix bar in the New Testament or in the word of God, it means son of. All the time it's son of. And so anytime you see that word, it's a surname or like we would have our last name. And so his name meant Simon, the son of Jonas. That was their father. And so he said, I'm going to change your name from Simon to Peter. And he said, upon this rock, not on the rock of Peter, for Peter or Cephas does mean a stone, but upon the foundation of the fact that he was the Christ, of the Son of the living God, Jesus said, I will build my church, and even the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so it's been working in my heart this week about the church. I don't know how many times I've preached over the years about the church. I've been preaching for 15 years now, and time has flew by. It was this month, just a few days ago, that I announced my call, and August the 13th will be 15 years since I announced my call. If I live the day after tomorrow, August the 20th will be the first, I'll be 15 years since I preached my first message on a three o'clock service in the afternoon at my home church growing up. And I began to think about all the messages that have been preached and how many times I've preached on the church and how many times other preachers I've heard countless messages throughout my life have preached on the church. But the reality is that the church is an inexhaustible subject. You can't preach all there is to preach about the church. We live in a day, though, that we have condensed the church to mean the four walls of a building that we gather in to. But I'll remind you tonight and say that the church is much more than a building. The church is much more than four walls. The church is much more than physical things. But in reality, the church is not built on physical things. For if you look back in the book of Acts, and many would agree and come together and say that on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came, that that was the birth of the church. Jesus told them to tear at Jerusalem until they had been repaired from on high. And so they tear it down. The Bible said they were in one room and all in one mind and one accord waiting. And the Bible speaks about that mighty rushing wind. And the Holy Ghost came and called in tongues of fire. And the Bible said it filled the house where they were. And so that's a mention there in Acts chapter 2. It's the birth of the church. And the the church is made up of spiritual things more than it is physical things. We have it in our minds sometimes when we come to the house of God that we're going to church. And I'm not going to fall out with anybody that says that. I, I say that too, that we're going to church. But in reality, we are the church. We just come to a meeting house tonight, but we are the church. We don't have to be in the building to be the church. Here in Matthew chapter 16, this is the first mention in the whole Bible of the word church. And the first mentions of words in the word of God are always important. They are the springboard that all the other mentions go off of. And so it's important for us to understand the context that Jesus is speaking here about the church. He does not say, I'm going to send you to build a church. But he said, I will build my church. 
And he said, I'm going to build it on a spiritual foundation, but not on bricks or on stone or concrete, but not with wood studded walls and shingles on the roof, but in a spiritual mindset of the foundation of the fact that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so this is the birth, this is the start of the church. 111 times if I counted correctly in studying today of the word church is mentioned. Every one of them are mentioned in the New Testament. The word church is not an Old Testament word. There was no church until Christ came. There was no church until the Grace Age was brought in. There was no church until Calvary took place and the debt was paid. That is what gave us access. The writer of the book of Hebrews said that in the Old Testament the reason the high priest went in for the people was signifying that the way into the Holy of Holies into access to God had not yet been made manifest but when Christ gave his life at Calvary took his blood back to the mercy seat in heaven he made the way for us to get in now we can come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need and that is what birthed and bought the church the Bible said Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. I want to say tonight I'm glad that it's just been rolling in my heart. I know there might not be many of us tonight, but I'm glad to be a part of the church. I'm glad to be a part of this church, this local assembly. But more than that, I'm glad to be a part of the church, of his church. Any time in the word of God you ever read about the church, it is never separated from Christ. Why? Because they are inseparable. It is his church. It's not my church, not your church, but it is his church. The Baptists don't have their own church and the Methodists have another and others have another. The denomination don't have anything to do with it. It's about being born again. And if you're born again, you're a part of his church. There is no other church. There's one church. And so what does it mean if we look at the word of God here and we look at this verse that Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. What does it mean when we say tonight that we're a part of the church? What is it exactly that we're a part of? Well, let's look in the word of God and see what the Bible has to say, what Christ has to say about his own church. He's the builder, he's the architect, he's the designer, he's the purchaser, and so let's talk to him and see what he has to say. I begin to think, just the Lord just began to work in my heart some things in the word of God that the church is likened to. The first thing we think about in the word of God and, and even in our own minds and hearts when we think about the church is a building. When we think about something built, that's in the text here. Christ said upon this rock, I will build my church. And so we think about it being built. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that Christ is the builder. The Bible talked about Moses building the tabernacle and it said that the builders have more honor and worth than the house. And so it talked about the greatness and the glory of Moses and what he experienced in the Old Testament. But then he calls the people's attention, those Hebrew believers, 
on the Christ and tells them that Christ is of more glory than the church. The builder has more glory than the building. So we understand that in order to have a building or something built, there must be a builder. And Christ is the builder. And so we're a part of his church. When we think about a building, something built, when we think about this text where he said, I will build my church, the first thing we think about about a building concerning the church is the church house. That's what we say. Especially in older days, the old times would say, I'm going to church house. And that's what this building is. That's sitting on the side of the road. It's the church meeting house. This is where we come together in physical form and assemble as a local assembly in the house, the church house, the house of God. This is the physical building. But there's more to the church than just this physical building. But the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, that we are built up a spiritual building. We are lively stones. That is that we're not dead. The Bible said we were dead in trespasses and sins. But now he hath quickened us and made us alive. And so we have become lively stones. Christ being the chief cornerstone, he's not only the foundation, he's also the builder. So he was laid in order first. The Bible said it was the stone that the builders rejected. That is, the old Old Testament religious crowd and the New Testament Pharisees, they rejected Christ. But it talked about that stone, that if that stone fell on anybody and that's a symbol of judgment, that it would grind them to powder. But if they fell on the stone, that's a symbol of repentance, that they would be broken. God honors and is near to them who are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And so we are a part, if we're a part of the church, then we're a part of the building. What is the building? Well, it's likened to the church house that we are built up a spiritual house that all of us have been put in. If we go to the book of Galatians, I believe it is when Paul and his company come in among Peter and his company. Peter was the apostle for the Jews. Paul was the apostle for the Gentiles along with Barnabas and others that would help him along the journey. And you have to understand that the Jews did not understand uh, this thing. Even those who had been converted and saved uh, still did not understand that the light had now been commissioned uh, to be took to the Gentiles. And so they were a little bit wary about this Paul. Even though he was a Jewish native, even though he was of the tribe of Benjamin, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, he was a Pharisee, he knew the law, he knew it inside and out. He was raised at the feet of Gamaliel, who was uh, one of the chief leaders in Jerusalem in Paul's day but they did not yet understand how that the gospel could be given to Gentile dogs who they were raised up to hate and persecute and not have anything to do with but the Bible said that Paul and his company had come into the church house that day where Peter was and they began to look and see what Peter would do and the Bible said when Peter, James and John extended to Paul the right hand of fellowship then the Jews accepted Paul as the apostle of the Gentiles. You say, why did he do that? Because Peter, James, and John had such a reputation among the people of God. The Bible said that they were in the book of Galatians pillars in the church. They were those who helped bear the load and helped bear the weight. And that's how it is in the spiritual part of Christ's church.
church, there are pillars. We are made up together, a lively building, a spiritual building. And all of us have our place in the church house when we come together. But then I thought really what got all this stirring in my heart this week through the work of the Lord was I was listening to Brother Steve, I think it was on the Tuesday night that he preached here in the meeting. He talked about the church being a hospital. And I began to ponder on that and all the things that are going on right now and all the sickness and things that are going on. I thought I'm glad and I understand there is real physical sickness out there. We've got several that are out tonight because of sickness, but I'm going to tell you that there's a greater sickness than COVID and a greater sickness than cancer and a greater sickness than all the things that are out there physically tonight and that's called the sickness of sin. And it's a blood disorder and a blood disease that represents the great type of sin in the word of God it's the most perfect type and it was a disease of the blood it started on the inside and then worked its way out and that's how sin is we are born and shaping in iniquity after the seed of Adam a sin coursing through our veins and eventually that wickedness that ungodliness that immorality that separation between us and God works its way to the surface and we're pronounced unclean. And we're done so by the high priest. That's the only one in the word of God that could pronounce us could pronounce them unclean. They had to go to the priest. And that's the same way with the sinner. The Holy Ghost has to pronounce you unclean, show you your loss, and reveal to you your condition, and reveal to you your need of salvation. When the priest made the pronouncement of unclean, it was a death sentence upon them in the Old Testament because there was no cure known for leprosy. But I'm glad in this New Testament age we're living in that the world still ain't got a cure. But I'm glad there is is a cure in a man called Jesus Christ and it's through a blood transfusion and to take out the polluted blood and put in perfect blood and that's exactly what happened when we were born again when we came to the church when we came to the hospital we were sick in sin the writer of the song said I had a disease in my body I could not get well the doctors had told me all they could tell but then the great physician passed by my way. I'm glad for the day when the doctors done all they could do like that woman with the issue of blood. But I'm glad she met the great physician and he did what no other doctor could do. I'm telling you the Baptist can't save us. The Methodist can't save us. The church can't save us. The preacher can't save us. But I'm glad there is a great physician who is in at the hospital. He keeps all hours. He never clocks out. Never checks out that never is on call he's just always there I'm glad for that I thought about and you know sometimes you know how I am sometimes I get kind of personal with my preaching I don't remember I want to say uh, and uh, you just have to forgive me because my mind run about a thousand miles an hour right now and I forget things real easy uh, but I think it was with our first daughter maybe more than one of them uh, that uh, we went to the hospital, you know, and that doctor was after hours is in the night uh, with Chloe. She was born way up in the wee hours of the morning and that uh, we went to the hospital and that doctor was on call. So they called him and told him to come in. He'd come in, did his thing, said it'll be a little while yet. I'm going to go back uh, to where I need to go to and you call me when you need me. But I'm going to tell you what, in that situation, it's almost too late to call the doctor. He had to come running in, running 
running up the stairs more, up more than once. I think with two of them it was that way. I'm glad they're great physicians. We don't have to come in the house of God and call him, try to convince him to come by. I'm glad he's in the church and he can do a word that nobody else can do. And so we talk about, think about it being a hospital. And I thought about this is a good place for the sick to come. Matter of fact, this is the only place for the sick to come. Now I'm glad our, our great physician, he don't have to diagnose you. He don't have to go through a checklist. He don't have to get your past history. He don't have to rule things out. I thought today, and I'm just going to preach, it's on my heart, and uh, people can say what they want to, but I've had a sinus infection since Monday, and I know that's what it is. You don't have to be worried about it. And it's about the worst one I've ever had. I mean, just awful, awful pressure last night. Couldn't even bend over uh, to put my socks on or take them off to get in the bed. I mean, just awful. And I called the doctor today, and I said, uh, oh, with all this mess going on, is it possible for me just to be seen uh, for a sinus infection? I know that's what it is. I just need some antibiotics because I can't kick it normally I can with something over the counter but it ain't working for this one and uh, as they said yeah we'll set you up with a virtual visit you know and, and uh, they called whatever time it was and, and uh, she said what are your symptoms and I told her uh, and uh, she said well I'm pretty sure that's what it is sounds like a sinus infection to me but she said with everything going on I'm going to need you to come down here and take a COVID test before I can give you antibiotics and I said, all right, if that's what I have to do. And I hung up the phone and I told my wife, I said, I don't understand. She told me on the other end of the phone that that's exactly what it sounds like. I said, I've had COVID before. This is not COVID. I said, it's a sinus infection. I just need some help. And I went down there and they did, you know, that rapid test. And I got back to the house about five minutes after I got there. She called and she said, it's negative. I'm going to call you in some antibiotics. And I thought, well, I knew that before I ever come. But what she was saying is, I've got to rule these other things out to make sure my diagnosis is correct. And I said all that to say this, I'm glad we have a great physician uh, that when you come in the house of God and you're broken and needy and needing help from God, he don't have to go through a checklist to try to rule everything out or spend two days trying to diagnose you. Uh, I'm glad he knows before you ever get in the hospital what you need uh, and he's already got in stock what it's going to take uh, to get you better. I'm glad tonight uh, to know I'm a part of the church. I can come in and get some help. There have been a lot of days in my life this has been a hospital for me. Come in dragging the bottom, felt like everything fell apart, felt like my life was broken to pieces, felt like I was sick and weary and worn on the inside, but I'm glad for a great physician that can send the medication from the Word of God. Sometimes it's been through preaching, sometimes through singing, sometimes through testimony, sometimes, whether you want to believe it or not, just coming in the house of God, just coming in the church meeting house and seeing my brothers and sisters has encouraged and lift my spirits. I'm glad tonight to say I'm a part of the church. So when we think about the church, when we read the Word of God, we think about the fact that it's a building or it's likened to a building. But then not only is it likened to a building, and I'm about done, i got two more things, I'll go through them pretty fast, but it's likened to a body. All of us are in the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you want to read a, a, a chapter about the church, it speaks clearly about the church. Go home and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth about how that we are all members of the body of Christ. 
So there we are again. It is of Christ. You can't separate Christ from the church. It's his church. He said about the building in the text we read, I'll build my church. And Paul said we're a part, we're all members of the body of Christ. He is the head and we're the members. And within that body, there are things that go on in that body. There are two specific things that the Apostle Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that I want to mention tonight and then I'll go on the next one and be done. But he said all the members in that body, they cooperate. They work together. We don't all have the same office. We don't all have the same place. Matter of fact, more than once, I want to turn over there and read it so that I don't get it wrong tonight. But more than once, the Apostle Paul that speaks about the fact that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, for as the body is one, there's only one body, but it had many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So he says we are all members of one body. We're many members, but we make up one body. How is it possible for many to make one. They must come together and cooperate. That's not the only place the Apostle Paul, not the only verse in this chapter is going to say it. In verse 19 and 20, he said, and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And so we are to cooperate. We're to come together in whatever place, whatever part, it's written here, in this chapter, chapter number 12, that God has set every member, verse 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. So we are there, we are where we are, at the pleasure of God. So we're to come together, and we're to cooperate. But then not only that, verse number 25, <coughs> He said that there, should be no schism in the body. That word schism is a big word for division, separation, but that all the bodies should be close together in cooperation, but that the members should have the same care one for another. So in this body we are to cooperate, to work together. We're told in the book of Galatians we're to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The Bible said that we're to confess our faults one to another and pray one for another in the book of James. And that's part of our cooperation. But then also we're to care one for another. Paul's going to go on to mention that if one part of the body suffers, that all the other parts should suffer with it. And therefore if one part of the body is glorified, all the other parts of the body should rejoice with that one who's glorified. That is our care one for another. There are many members, but there is but one body. But God chooses. That's what we read here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 28. God works through the church. He has in the past. He is now and always will. He said he has set some in verse 28 talking about the members. In verse 27 he said, Now ye, that is plural, you all are the body of Christ. All of you are one body. And members... In particular, all of us have our own place. We all have the same place, but that doesn't make us any less a part of the body of Christ. And then he goes on to say, And God has set some, 
that talks about members as it pleased him. Where did he set them? In the church. That's how God works through the church. That's how he's worked in days gone by. That's how he's working today. And if time lasts and years to come, he'll still work through the church. It is his church. It is his body. He is the head. We are the members. We follow him. He leads us. He turns us about and guides us and instructs us and directs us as the body of Christ. But then lastly, and I'm done, we think about the church, we think about a bride. According to the Word of God, and it's always the bride of Christ. What that simply means is we were made for Him. Matter of fact, it gets even more personal than that in Revelation chapter twenty-one and verse number nine. John doesn't just, and John has mentioned before and used the term uh, the bride of Christ or the bride. But now he's going to get more personal than that and he's going to use the term the Lamb's wife. That we belong to Him. That there is going to be one day, matters not how we think about it, what our opinion is, there is one day going to be a marriage supper that we will sit down to. And the Bible says that Christ will gird Himself and serve us and we will have a place at the table and a new name written which nobody knows but us and Him and we shall know as we are known and we will be a part forever of the bride of Christ, of the body of Christ, of the building of Christ. It's just been working in my hope. Maybe you got something out of it tonight. But it's just been working in my heart all day about the fact that I'm glad that I'm part of the church. I'm glad He loved me. Sought me out. That right, the writer of the song said, He sought me and bought me with His redeeming love. I'm glad to know He did. Brought me out of the cold and into the fold. I'm glad tonight to be a part of the church. Father, I thank You, Lord, tonight for this privilege opportunity to have been able to be in the house